Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Great to be back with you folks. What an honor it is to be able to come across your airways, to be part of your day, to be part of this community that goes out of our way to reach out to folks with PTSD, those hurt and those willing to help. This is a, this is a great thing and we're really thankful for this opportunity. With me uh, is my dear friend, Dan Burke. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. How are you? Man, I am living the dream. You know, I've got my <laughs> Vente uh, chai tea latte, six pumps of chai, no water. You know, it just gets the voice. You know, there's not much you could do with my voice, Dan. I, I heard myself on the radio a couple months ago. I heard this podcast. I was driving down the road and I was like, man, that guy sounds like he's got a frog in his throat or something. Then I realized that's me, man. I first, first you think he's got a frog in his throat. Then you think, man, this guy's a copycat. He's copycatting all the things I, I've it, been through. Doug, it's probably just all that foo-foo drink that you're drinking. Oh, I, I have, I have black coffee. <laughs> well, and, and that, that may be why you're clearer, you know, uh, my caffeine delivery system includes sugar and milk and, uh, and tea, I guess. I don't know. But, uh, you know, uh, Dan, as we went through yesterday, we talked about survivor's guilt and we, you know, we took a look at that and said, let's go into guilt. Let's just keep going. And I mentioned yesterday that there's a couple uh, kinds of things that show up in guilt. And, and, and you had mentioned some things you want to talk about as we go through and look at regular guilt. And so we want to do that. I'm just going to start with one verse. Uh, when we think about guilt, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And just remember, and all have sinned, the Bible teaches for all have sinned and come short of glory of God. And, 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 and I think, uh, Dan, as we move forward and talk about guilt, Boy, Christians are so defeated by this. And uh, talk to us, brother. Talk to us. Well, I, I, I think that we have to see that there's two different terms, guilt versus conviction. Those are two different things. Yeah. Um, when an unsaved person, a non-Christian, uh, sins, he experiences guilt, and he should. Um, when a Christian sins, he experiences conviction. That's the prompting of the Holy Spirit saying, hey, something's not right here. And then the, it's interesting because the verse that you just quoted, 1 John 1, 9, is our solution when we are convicted about our sin. We confess it, we repent of it, and we ask God to forgive us, and it promises that he will every time. And so there is a solution provided to the child of God when we experience conviction. But guilt, we need to think of in terms of like a criminal or a legal case. A person is judged guilty when the evidence presented renders a judgment that the individual is indeed culpable of the offense that they're charged with. And a judgment of guilt is always, catch this, always followed by a sentencing. 
a punishment for guilt. Yeah. Uh, many of those familiar verses uh, that you even quoted some, Romans 3.10, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And then Romans 6.23 tells us what that sentencing is. It says the wages or the penalty of sin is death. And we can go all the way back to Genesis 2, verse 16 and 17, where God told Adam, hey, Adam, you see that tree over there? You can do anything you want. You can go anywhere you want to go, but just don't eat the fruit of that tree. Yeah. And he said, and then the day that you do eat the fruit of that tree, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. So there's always a punishment for sin. Uh, but Romans 5, 8 tells us a, a wonderful truth. And that's God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Before we were even born. Yeah. yeah. God provided someone to pay the penalty, Doug, for your sin and for my sin, to take to, to pay that penalty, and that was his own son. Uh, the, the penalty for our sin was paid by somebody else. Um, I, I like 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, For he hath made him, Jesus, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And so summing up a verse that I've heard you quote in previous episodes, Romans 8, 1, therefore, there, are, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So as a Christian, I, I'm not, I shouldn't experience guilt because there's no condemnation. The, the penalty, the punishment for my sin has already been paid for, but I may experience conviction. And, and so if I have conviction that what I did was wrong, then I apply that verse that you started with, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we have guilt and punishment, conviction and discipline. Yeah. A totally different paradigm. Yeah, and, and, and so... Uh so essential to understand the difference there. And, and I got to tell you something, you know, one thing, maybe we're not saying this, but I think it's very important that all of us listen, grab a hold of this concept that it, 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 we're not even talking, uh, at a lowest level here. We're talking a level of guilt across your life. When you deal with God in, in, and you realize you're a sinner, there's a price on sin, Jesus paid that price, you speak it with your mouth, you you ask Christ to save you, you believe in that, your guilt is not only gone in respect uh, to becoming a born-again Christian, but God has put us in a position where we can grow. He allows us things. For instance, uh, let me give you an example of this, Dan. It wasn't that long ago I was talking with a, a lady who had been asked to be a Sunday school teacher. Now, she had uh, been in the military and suffered military sexual trauma, alcohol, you name it, she had been through it. She had been down the road that many of us have been down. Uh, you know, her life uh, came just like all of our lives came from darkness into God's light when he saves us. And, and we still have problems with sin. We still have to fight that, but she had saw herself as not being worthy to ever teach a Sunday school class. 
mm-hmm. uh, because of a former promiscuous lifestyle. Well, if that's the case, half the people in uh, Christianity couldn't teach a Sunday school <laughs> class. But but, right. but we got to remind people, Daniel, words were great there. They were exactly what I believe God has for us. But we've got to remind people that it goes beyond salvation. As God cleans these things up, he's cleaned you up. Uh, keep now. I'm not talking about eradication of the flesh. I'm not talking about getting out of going to jail. I'm not talking about uh, losing biblical qualifications for the ministry. I'm talking about uh, being able to come into the presence of a great God. And uh, when God takes that sin away, He takes it away. And I mean, I don't know if you want to add anything to that, Dan, but it just came to my mind as you were. Uh, I don't want to use the term ruminating because you were doing more than that. You were speaking with the authority of the sufficient word of God. But uh, I mean, haven't, haven't you run across those people who feel like they have like a life sentence uh, because they were a party animal in college or something? Uh, Right. People need to realize that, that we are cleansed at the point of salvation. The day that we put our faith and trust in Christ, he, he removes our guilt and he forgives our sin and, and he makes us righteous in Christ. But he doesn't stop there. Because as you pointed out, our, our sinful nature dwells within our flesh. And as long as we have a flesh, we are going to battle with the sinful nature. But the difference is he not only took care of our salvation, of our sin at salvation, but he provides a mechanism, 1 John 1, 9, to to get our sin right after salvation. So yeah. if I sin today, I can go to him, confess, repent, and say, God, please forgive me. And it promises in 1 John 1, 9 that he will. So he can restore me to righteousness daily, yeah. hourly, and, and <laughs> minute his, by minute. And his grace is so big, it will, he will. And, and so there's so many folks listening to us today that are just – you know, you've been down that road and uh, you've been down that road of something, uh, you know, relationships, marriages. I don't know what roads you've been down that have been bad. Sexual traumas, PTSD, combat, whatever. We could we could mention a, a hundred words right now or 200 words and would probably hit 200 of you. Uh, but I think just what Dan just said, God's grace is all sufficient. Amen. Uh, you know, someone asked me one time, they said, describe how big God's grace is. And I had to go back to what Harold Seitler used to tell people is, uh, it's understanding God's grace is like trying to wrap your arms around the world. It's impossible, <laughs> but it's there. Uh, you, you know, it's available to those of us who've accepted him as our Lord and savior. And just what Dan had said, there's a, there's an avenue there to go back to him when we mess up and uh, say, you know, Lord, we messed up. (laughs) You know what we did. Help us, Lord. And he is so gracious, so wonderful uh, that he does. You know, I'm amazed that uh, as I study, when I studied the life of Paul when I was in seminary, and I came to that point with the realization that basically Paul has to, um, you know, deal with God for the sins of this world. He has to die daily of the things of this world. Die daily. I mean, he's saying, I'm dying of the things of this world. So friends, don't think you have a special ticket. Uh, When an apostle of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, puts the word out, hey, on a daily basis, I'm fighting this battle. Can I tell you something, folks? On an hourly basis, I'm fighting this battle. Well, we sure do... uh, 
We sure are thankful. We're going to go ahead and run to the commercial, let the radio stations do what they got to do, but we're going to be right back with you. Hang with us. We're coming right back and hopping in Proverbs 26. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for being with us. Dan, we find ourselves in uh, chapter or the 26th proverb and verse number 27. And it's the, I'm thankful we're moving through Proverbs here as we continue to go along. And, uh, and it says right here in this verse, it says, Whoso uh, diggeth a pit shall fall therein, and he that rolleth a stone, it will return upon him. A lion tongue hateth those that are afflicted by it, and a flattering mouth worketh ruin. Man, there's a lot of stuff ending this chapter with. Uh, it's talking about, boy, if you if you dig a pit for yourself, you could fall into that bad boy, and most of, and you're going to. Uh, and when you roll a stone the wrong way, I mean, I think we've all had stones roll back on us. I, it wasn't that long ago I watched a video of a guy trying to roll a stone up the road the wrong way or whatever, and that stone kept coming back. And uh, then talking uh, a lion tongue, uh, hates people that it lies about and boy that makes sense you know it, it hates those the destruction they're causing that those who are crushed by their words and then a flattering mouth boy i've met those flatterers and uh you know it, it's putting all this stuff together uh it, it just flattering people it, it's just a way of soothing the lion just a the way there's there's a lot of stuff going on here dan and it's none of it's good you know you dig a pit you're gonna fall in it Roll as a stone, that stone's coming back for you. A lion tongue, hate the people they're, they're afflicting. And uh, boy, that mouth, that sweet mouth, that lion tongue, that flattering mouth, uh, boy, it's, uh, it worketh ruin, Dan. I mean, there, there's not much good here. Well, v- verse 27, and this is going to show how unspiritual I am, but all I could think of when I re- read verse 27 is those old Roadrunner cartoons <laughs> where, where he sets up a trap uh, to, to catch uh, his enemy. And what happens? He always gets caught in his own trap. Yeah. And that's what verse 27 makes me think of. And so I guess I showed my immaturity there. But um, well, it's a good it's the, a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Got- yeah it, it, it's it's true. And I think those cartoons uh, bear that out. The the 28th verse, the, the thing that I always think of is someone who has an ulterior motive. Uh, we ought to encourage one another. We ought to say things uh, that will encourage a brother or sister in Christ to, to uh, uh, you know, help strengthen them and build them up and, and, and to, to glorify the Lord. But if I have an ulterior motive in telling you what a great guy you, at, you are or what a, a wonderful job you did at something, and I have an ulterior motive. I think that's what 28 warns us to beware of, is those ulterior motives that are not really meant to glorify God or to, to build up or encourage a brother or sister in Christ. Yeah, yeah. I Boy, what's our motives? What's the motive here? What's going on? What are we doing? It's, but this is a lesson in uh, effective interpersonal communication. 
You know, is what I'm doing uh, lying? Is what I'm doing flat? It's okay to flatter somebody. You know, like every time we go to church, every time uh, Debbie and I go somewhere without lying, I tell her how pretty she looks. I go out of my way to do that. But I don't, I don't do that. And the only motive for that is to make her smile. The only motive for that is to tell her, hey, your dress looks pretty, your skirt looks pretty, whatever the case may be. I try to do that all the time. I try to encourage. So, I mean, there are some people, but we're really not flattering. I, I don't know what flattering would be the word, but I do that. If, I, if I'm around people that look good, I let them know they look good. Uh, but we're not talking, this isn't the kind of cat we're talking about here. We're talking about somebody who devises things. I feel like this is, you know, when the word clever comes on the scene, uh, we're not talking about something Christian. When we're, mm. when we're talking about uh, putting things together, scheming, uh, bringing things together to come out with an outcome, uh, you know, a publicist helping us, or anything to that effect, we're in the wrong place, and uh, we're doing the wrong thing. And I, and, and I think God's Word is, is so aptly written here. So, so Dan, last night, as I sat and I looked at these verses, I, and I looked at them Wednesday night as well, and but you know after church or whatever. And, but what comes to my mind here is I was thinking about pertaining to Doug. I put Doug there. I had an old seminary professor that would say, "When you see something like this and you're having a hard time wrapping your head around it, put Doug." And what came to my mind is I was always involved in communications in the military. You know, I for a very short time I worked in White House communications. I was. Uh, you know, as involved with things like that. I worked at Army Recruiting Command. I, you know, we were constantly trying to communicate or sculpt the right message or put things together. And for us, it, it had to be a clean message. What's the motive for this message? What are we trying to do? So the Army, and, and this is just by way of probably giving out way too much information, but one of the rules we went by in the Army was we don't fight. We don't answer people's fights with communications. We're above all this. So if we send a communication out, our communication is always something that we're introducing. And it may be a communication where General Dan comes to me and says, uh, hey, Sergeant Major, uh, you know, drop a release about this, this, or this, because we got this communication that we don't like people or something. So we might put a communication together. Hey, we like everybody. And last year, uh, you know, we had this many people join from this many people, groups, states, whatever. And, but it was never done in hurt. It was always done briefing people mm. with exactness. And so, so the army rule was we don't answer people and, and we don't do anything that's not a fact. We don't, sculpt words. We don't change words. We don't add words. Uh, we just put things out that are of fact, you know, we're not a political body, uh, body. We're, we're a, uh, body of people who are appointed and serve the United States through the army. And so we don't have to be political with anybody. We just drop statements out there. And I think as Christians, you know, God is the highest body of all God, the governing body. He's the highest, uh, we have no reason uh, to get involved in some kind of communication nightmare, which digs a big pit. We have no reason to be rolling stones over to our side. We have no reason to lie or to. And I think, you know, some people do not understand, Dan, uh, that misrepresenting something a little bit is a lie. And True. Yeah. So 
no white lies, none of that when we communicated as an army. So when we communicate as God's army, we need to aim for that same thing, right? We need to be those people who are above uh, the organization. We're not a political organization. Well, I think we always need to think, is what I'm getting ready to say honoring to God? Is, does it please God? And, uh, you know, you talked about uh, not lying and, and sometimes even exaggerating. We have to realize that's a lie. Yeah. Yeah. Because even a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. taking exactly what you're saying, even a little bit, even the, uh, the most, well, I consciously know I'm going to exaggerate this a little bit to get to where I'm going. And uh, I can remember uh, going through some stuff being on uh, part of the inaugural committee between uh, the first President Bush, George Herbert Walker Bush III, and uh, uh, William Jefferson Clinton. So I can tell you this, that uh, one of the things that, that we talked about and that was constantly said is, is, listen, when we write something down, it better be covered three ways from Sunday. So we would, we would be required to put together briefings for veterans or military facts or things of that nature or to review facts that were sent to us because we were at a higher level than the chief staff of the Army. We were at a higher level than the joint chief of staff of the military. So that stuff would get staffed through our level, if that mm. makes sense to you. We had to look yeah. at things and say, yeah, you know, we, we got this. This is right. And uh, uh, I'll tell you, you know, Granted, before we make a comment, we don't have all that time, but we do know if what we're saying, we, and many times we know the implications and God's word is constantly saying, don't speak without listening. Don't just pop out there and say anything, uh, because it's gonna, it's just gonna hurt you. So I think what you said there was perfect. I think it's important that we understand as we go through these days, we, we live in perilous times. We live in and times we live in all that. So if there's anybody who should be able to be trusted, if there's anybody who is not sculpting things they're going to say or putting things together in such a way, if there's anybody who's going to initiate communication when they're not getting along with somebody or they have a, a misunderstanding, it's got to be us, right? I mean, it's, it needs to be yeah. us. Yeah, that should be us. That should be what we look like. And folks, we, we, we appreciate this time. Dan, take a minute. And uh, we got about a minute left. Take a minute and tell me, what do you, uh, what's your thought on interpersonal communications for a Christian? I'm giving you a, a, a two and a half hour studied subject, but what would you say to people if you have a minute? Because you do. <laughs> well, well the, the only thing I can add is always speak the truth in love. Is what I'm saying edifying? Is what I'm saying encouraging? And as I mentioned before, is what I'm saying pleasing to God. And uh, if we can filter our communications uh, through that criteria, then uh, I think that it's good communication. Now, do I oftentimes not do that? Absolutely. Me too. Absolutely. And and it's not an it's not a goal that we need to understand that anytime we fall short of that, we're, we're failing God. Uh, but it's something that we need to strive for. And that's speaking the truth in love. 
Yeah, there it is right there, friends. Sure. Hey, listen, we sure do love you folks. If there, there's anything we can do to help you, make sure you contact us at Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page or Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. And, and listen, man, just just process things in your mind. And, and going back to where we started with the insecurity, the fear, the paranoia, where we started the week at, uh, don't be thinking other folks are saying things about you. Just somehow put this all together in your mind. If you speak truth, it takes those things away, a lot of those thoughts that we have. We sure do love you, folks. We hope you have a great day. May God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, You must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry. Visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.